Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you today? L.J., I am doing good. Uh, It is 2.30 a.m. Eastern, and we just got done watching Texas versus Mississippi State in the College World Series. They had a very long rain delay. They came back out to play the ninth inning, and uh, it was it was cool to watch that last inning. But those two teams have to play in about less than 12 hours, so that's certainly not good. But we have almost a full slate of MLB games today. Uh, there was 15 games scheduled to be 16, but we did have a rain out. So, uh, LJ, what do you say that we get into it? Yeah, let's get going. Let's run through these games real quick. We can give a brief rundown of of course the Red Sox Yankees game at the end and then we will go through our each of our picks for the American League Gold Glove Award and we will start of course with probably the biggest story of the night and one of the biggest achievements of this show of the year in the bottom of the first the Padres are able to score four runs off the Diamondbacks including home runs from Tommy Pham and Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis will then go ahead and homer in the second and the fourth to make it a bingo, bango, Yahtzee Supreme in four innings. Easily the shortest bingo, bango, Yahtzee Supreme of the season, or at least since this show has started tracking it. In addition to this, Jake Cronenworth also hit a home run and then a flurry of other hits, 13 to be exact, helped San Diego beat the Diamondbacks 11-5, to extending their road losing streak. 
Chris Paddock got the start here going two and a third, allowing eight hits, five earned, two strikeouts. The win will go to Nick Ramirez. The loss will go to Corbin Martin. He went a third of an inning, allowing four earned runs, no strikeouts, two home runs. His ERA is now a 10.69. Yeah, both starters were not good in this No boy, no. Not good. No, but I mean, how about Tatis? You know, it. this, of course, we're going to get into in a minute. Actually, I might freelance through my our previously put together schedule here and jump to another game for the second one because Fernando Tatis did exactly what he needed to to assert his dominance atop the uh, National League home run leaderboard with this bingo bango Yahtzee supreme here and just looked so in control of this game from top to bottom. It, it, was, it was a sight to see by the San Diego team, and they just absolutely pantsed Arizona tonight. Yeah, and Tatis now, uh, just what he's done since he's come in the league is incredible, especially his power numbers. Uh, he has 64 homers through his first 202 career games. That's the most in MLB history. He surpassed both Aaron Judge and Pete Alonzo. Now, note, they were between the ages of 24 and 26 during their first 202 games. Tatis was between the ages of 20 and 22. I mean, just what an astoundingly gifted player that that, that this guy is. And we're just so, so lucky to see him. And San Diego has to be so happy that they signed him to that long-term deal. Well, let's keep moving into our second game here, Marlins Nationals. Uh, Miguel Rojas and Garrett Cooper did home run for the Marlins today in their 11-2 win over the Nationals, but that's hardly the important story here, as in the top of the third, the best power-hitting leadoff hitter in the league, probably, yeah, easily the best leadoff hitter in the league at this very moment in time, Kyle Schwarber goes yard for his 22nd and at the time league majors tying home run. Yes, majors tying, no league tying. League tying home run number 22 for Schwarber, his 12th home run in 12 games, and that finishes off a bingo bango Yahtzee for himself. Yes. Uh Yes, yes. Yeah, and he has nine home runs in six games. Uh, as for league tying, no, Tatis completely overtook the NL now. No, 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 no. At the time. This oh, at like, the time, like, yes. This was like a 4 a.m. This is like, like a 4 o'clock game, and he hit it, it out, and then Tatis just decided, you know what, I'm just going to take this lead back and just keep it safe for like another two days. Yeah, let me say the top four in the home run leaderboard tonight, there was a lot of action. Like, there was just – So many different homers from the top guys tonight that if you were just sitting there watching that live leaderboard, it would have been a sight to see. Yeah. Um, Orber in the leadoff spot, though, is like, what is this power surge just since he got moved to the leadoff spot? I mean, at what point do you ever take him out and put him like second or third? Or can you just not do that? You can't do that. No, you can never do that. I mean, who? well, first off, who are you really putting? Put Trey des- Turner first. Who are you de- that desperate to put first? I mean, yes, Trey Turner's speed there is great. He's However, a great hitter. 
Yeah, but with how much he hits for power, it's not like you're just going to be getting him up at first all the time where it's like, okay, now he's going to use his speed all over the base path. I would rather have Schwarber there if it's working. I think the better question is, when do we have to start taking him like seriously, seriously among like the highly respected players here? Like, are we completely passing up on him for a silver slugger right competition right now? No, like, absolutely not. And, and how many more? How many more weeks do we have to do to at least figure out that this isn't a fluke? Like, obviously, he's going to cool down at some point. But if this is any show of what is possible for him still, you could see a mid 900 OPS out of him this year. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great point because what I was going to say, sure, his OPS right now is inflated from these last couple of games, but he's at 896 on the year. He's a career 825 OPS guy. I mean, he has always been a very good hitter and he's going to give you the power. He's going to strike out a lot, but he's going to give you walks, which especially out of the leadoff spot, you know, you'll take that. And in terms of exit velocity this year, pretty close to the top 10 percentile. He, he barrels the ball in the top three percentile. So he, I have, I've always thought that he was a good hitter. I think Cubs fans gave him, both a lot of praise, but also I felt like I heard a lot of negative things about him at the same time where uh, I would love to have this guy on my team. Honestly, I like an 821 or 825 career OPS is very good. Well, I think as a whole, that team trended over the last three years, very pro strikeout, heavy strikeout. And that can leave a bitter, you can, you can agree, Brandon, leaves a bitter taste in fans' mouths. So as a whole, it was better for them to get past that whole culture entirely. And I think at the time, even if he did, even though he did walk, which gave him value, it's better to let that whole culture leave and go away than it is to just keep hanging it around because it brings you value. I mean, they've now brought in a lot of more contact-oriented guys. They still have guys like Javi Baez who are just going to swing out of their shoes. But it's it's obviously working for them. It's working for Schwarber. I can't complain. All right, uh, LJ, I know you went a little off. Okay, yeah, Orioles and Blue Jays next. Yep. Uh, all right, so in this one, it was – a very competitive game going down to the wire and it gets opened up with a George Springer. Welcome back, George. Actually his third homer of the year. That's right. He did play those couple series. And what was that? May, late April, early May. That was early May. Well, also, he's, he's been also, I, I should mention here. Um, I, I can't blame you of course for, yeah, welcome the welcome back. Yeah, welcome back hitting a homer. He has been back for a couple days though, right? He's been back for like a week. <laughs> well, he hasn't done anything. He's done so. absolutely nothing. Like I, I was watching all of these following the American League all last week. He did nothing. It was rather jarring to just watch him come back and just kind of just be there. Well, it is certainly yeah. nice to see him yeah. go deep tonight. Uh, as that $150 million signing, uh, certainly Toronto would like to see him produce. 
Uh, well, Freddie Galvis hits into a double play in the third that ties the game up at one. But in the bottom of that inning, Vladdy steps up and crushes his 25th homer of the year. At that point, he was in sole possession for the league lead. And then the Blue Jays add on a couple more runs on a Lourdes Gurriel single. And then Marcus Simeon in the bottom of the seventh with a two RBI double. Toronto leads five to one after seven innings. But the Orioles mount a comeback in the eighth. They score three runs tying the game. They get a Ryan Mountcastle single, an Anthony Santander single, and an Austin Hayes double that ties it at five. We get Manfred Ball in this one in extra innings. Top of the 10th, Toronto brings on Trent Thornton, and he is an absolute mess. Gets a leadoff pop out, then walks Anthony Santander. Gets another out, so we got two outs but then walks Michael Franco, walks Pat Vileka, which forces a run in. And that is how Toronto loses this one, six to five. Give the win to Paul Fry out of the bullpen. Matt Harvey with one of his better starts this year, five and two thirds, three earned and two strikeouts. Uh, Trent Thornton gets the loss, or excuse me, Tyler Thornton. No, it's Trent Thornton. I, and well, he he had a tough game. Uh, yeah, walks three batters, forces in the run in extras, and Toronto drops this one. Oh, by the way, the Orioles break a twenty-game road losing streak. Uh, something that uh, Arizona unable to do. But yeah, uh, Baltimore was up there for for that number too. So nice to see them break that. Next up, we got the. Dodgers and the Cubs, I believe this was the last game to end tonight in Major League Baseball, of course, with the College World Series going a little longer past that. Top of the first, Chris Bryant hits his 15th of the year. Hopefully this gets him back on the hot home run hitting track. I know it was last week, I think it was, he was on like a 46 at-bat extra base hitless streak and then finally broke out of it with a – home run so hopefully this is a sign of good things to come from there Gavin Lux drives in a run and then Zach McKinstry hits a solo homer to make this a 2-1 ball game this score will hold until the top of the seventh where Jock Peterson hits a sack fly to tie it up and then in the bottom of the eighth with Ryan Tapera out there for Chicago AJ Pollock and Max Muncy both hit two run pieces to go ahead and win this one six to two. Give the win to Blake Trinan out of the bullpen. Tony Gonzalez started this one, pitching four innings, allowing one hit, one earned, and seven strikeouts. The loss will, of course, go to Ryan Tapera. Uh, Jake Arrieta went five innings, allowing two earned runs and four strikeouts. Uh, LJ, I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, I'm surprised that or I'm mad that we didn't talk about it on the show yesterday because I saw it today, but in the Cubs no-hitter last night, both Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell didn't know that there was a no-hitter on the line when they were in the game. Craig Kimbrell strikes out the side to end the game, sees his teammates going crazy, and they're like, well, dude, why aren't you celebrating? You're like, you didn't know we had a no-hitter? And he's like, no. Like, no, I didn't know. Ryan Tapera comes in from the bullpen, uh, David Ross thought that he knew 
he didn't know that when he was pitching that he was relieving a pitcher who had not allowed any hits. So just, you know, it surprises me that they use those same relievers. Like, again, I feel like the Cubs use Chapin to para Kimbrel a lot. And it's their Wandy Lasagna Green. It is their Wandy Lasagna Chad. But I don't know. Like, those guys have been really good to para for him to, uh, you know, allow that home run tonight is tough because he's been really good this year. Uh, but yeah, that Cubs bullpen. Uh, has been nails the entire year. So, uh, but Dodgers walk away with another one. Uh, Blake Trinan was throwing some absolute nasty pitches, and I don't know how, if he's not using anything, because this was like breaking, like it had to be two. Um, perhaps, again, crazy idea, throw it out there. If you're a, a home team building a new stadium, separated bullpens. What if you gave the bullpen no access to the game? They just came into the situation completely blind. It could be a no-hitter. It could be a blowout. Until they walk out of that left field gate, they know absolutely nothing about what they're about to get themselves into. So they're just... It's basically the anti-Tampa Bay. They're just sitting in in a room that has just white walls, no windows, and there's a phone in there. When the manager calls up, hey, we need we need Chad Green up. All right. Walks out of the white room into just a tunnel that has a mound and the the bullpen catcher. It's just complete darkness. Like, or well, no, it's not complete darkness. You have to be able to see to catch the ball. There, but there's there, there's one light height, yeah. light hanging from the middle of the ceiling. It's like barely hanging on for, for dear life. And then they bring you into the game and you finally see the field, you finally see light, and it's like, oh my God. It's the, it's the first time you've seen actual humans in a week. Other other than the bullpen catcher. But Brandon, I, I don't think you, you've got the full picture there. No? You forgot the walls would be padded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. All right, where are we? Ace Giants. Ace Giants? Ace Giants. Ace Giants, that's me. Hi, um, the Gigantes and the Athletics, the Atleticos. And this one really came down to a couple plays here. Brandon Crawford hits an RBI single in the bottom of the fourth. And then a Kurt Casale solo piece extends this lead to our final 2-0 Giants. Give the win to my man, Johnny Cueto, going seven innings, allowing five hits, one walk. No earned runs, no regular runs, and six strikeouts, bringing his season ERA back down to a 3-6-3. The loss will go to Sean Manaya. Sheesh! And he goes six innings, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. The save will go to Jake McGee, his 15th of the year. All right. Rays and Angels. I have a feeling LJ is going to be very happy in a couple of seconds. Yes, but sir. First, Shohei Otani hits his 24th home run of the season, top of the first. That puts the Angels up one nothing. And then our guy Anthony Rendon hits. Hey, his- hey Tony! It's his 
fifth homer of the year. Uh, hopefully, he's going to break out of this what has been kind of a season-long slump. I mean, he's got a 660 OPS, but it's Tony, you know. He's got up years. He's got down years. He's a, he's a great ball player, Tony. You know, Tony's going to figure himself out. You know, when you have these great free agent classes and these unjuiced balls now that they've de-juiced after his free agent year, you know, it's just what you're going to come to expect from Tony. But, you know, he's going to even it out. He wants to do what he got the tick to win. And, you know, this is how you can tell that it's been a very long time since Tony Rendon did anything because I can't do this accent anymore, Brandon. No, and I think it's, it's a little rusty. That, I think it's great that you're just confirming Pete Alonzo's theories that you also agree with them while doing. Oh, I'm all in. While 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 doing the Anthony Rendon accent, I think that that is just fantastic. On a serious note, though, like seriously, though, I I, I bought in. Honestly, I love Tony. But I bought in, and it's actually getting a lot better now that I keep kind of rolling with it. I bought in from the second I looked at Tony Rendon's stats because he was the only hitting piece of substance in the entire league that was going to be a free agent that year. And he spent his entire career in Washington overshadowed by Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Bryce Hopper, and of course, you got guys like Trey Turner and Juan Soto coming up to replace him. And it was just like one media thing after another, just passing over my boy Tony. And so, what do they do? They juice up the balls so he can put up some crazy numbers and they just watch him go. They let him fly, they let him have that World Series. And next thing you know, they've got a story for their offseason. Well, all right, then. Uh, I'm not saying that I do not agree. Like, I think that what you said certainly makes sense. Uh, but, you know. It's a conspiracy theory. The but it's for just Anthony Rendon. Just Anthony Rendon. I know. That, that's not, like, that's not what I'm saying. No, but, but like. Other play, yeah. So, so they they, they needed, the they desperately needed to make some form of excitement out of that free agent class. And what better way to do it than to put the principal member of that class and have him magically have ten more home runs than his best season before that? Yeah, and like you know, twenty five more RBIs than his best season before that. Maybe they dejuice the balls this year because they see. Tatis and Lindor, two shortstops getting crazy contracts, and they don't want the shortstop market to be absolutely overvalued when all these guys hit free agency this year. So they de-juice the balls so all the shortstops can't be as good. So that way, Trevor Story, because he's not having a good season, that way he can't get more than Tatis and Lindor got. You keep the average value for shortstops down. Owners stay happy because they don't have to spend any more money and they can keep their franchise shortstops. Next year, when there's a worse free agent class, we can juice the balls again and everything's good. Yeah, honestly, though, but I think this more like that makes sense. It. No, like it does. I think it makes more sense that you're doing this over the pitching right now 
because you could get away with it last year having the juiced balls because you knew that Trevor Bauer was going to carry your entire free agency. Was the ball juiced in 2020? Like, is that confirmed? Those balls were juiced also? Well, I mean, they didn't change the ball back until this year. Actually, they didn't even change the ball back until after spring training. So, I mean, that technically, while they're not saying yes, they juiced the ball, I mean, there's no way of denying it. Like, if it didn't, theoretically, if it didn't change, if it didn't undergo significant change that we heard of between 20 that we heard of that's the key word there that we heard yeah, so it probably got bigger uh <laughs> got worse but yeah i mean realistically last year you had trevor bauer who himself is a media a media circus every single time he decides to speak so he could carry the vast majority of your off season and your pitching like hype behind him you didn't have to make you didn't have to pull stories about jaco de rizzi out of thin air yeah and like, we already knew that like jt Re- real muto and george springer were gonna get big deals regardless of the season that they had but the juice ball probably helped a guy like marcelo zuno i mean he got a huge contract and he, now he's you know it's 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 not it's not good yeah, we'll he get gets all that, that money though, right? Yeah, I mean, he still gets all that money. Well, at the right now, we will certainly get into that um, story at a later date. <laughs> all but, right. Uh, yeah. What's our next game on tap here? Uh, Rockies and the Brew. Oh wait, I have to finish Angels race. Yeah, you never finished Angels race. Well, after the Tony home run, hey, the Angels take a two nothing lead. Wander Franco then reaches on a fielding error by the left fielder. That scores a run, and that's how Tampa scores their first run of the game. Austin Meadows with a two-RBI single in the bottom of the first. Uh, this is when all this is occurring, and that puts Tampa up 3-2. to two. In the top of the third, the Angels tie it on a Jared Walsh uh, heading into a fielder's choice. Francisco Mejia got a missed catch error as it says here in the box score. And uh, that is how the Angels scored their third run to tie the game. In the bottom of the seventh, talk about a rough way to lose the game. With the bases loaded, Brandon Lau is hit by a pitch. That scores the the deciding run in this one. The Rays win over the Angels 4-3. to The win goes to Colin McHugh out of the bullpen. Uh, for the Rays. The loss goes to Jose Suarez out of the bullpen for the Angels. The starter for the Angels was was Griffin recycling canning. Five innings, two earned runs, six hits, four strikeouts. Diego Castillo strikes out the side and gets his 12th save on the season. Next up, we got the Brewers and the Rockies, and this started no scoring until the sixth inning and then the Rockies exploded for four runs in the next two innings. After that, Keston Hira hit a solo piece. Colton Wong hit a solo piece. Willie Adamas hit a solo piece. Huge run from all of those guys here into the ninth, and this sends us to extras with the game tied. Bottom of the 11th with the runner on third, Manfred runner on third base. Keston Hira hits a sacrifice fly 
out to Rymel Tapia. This one scores the winning run, the walk-off run, as the Brewers top the Rockies 5-4. to four. Give the win to Devin Williams, who pitched that last inning. Corbin Burns started this one going six innings, allowing three hits, one earned, and seven strikeouts. The loss will go to Lucas Gilbreth, pitching the first third of the final extra inning. John Gray got the start here, going five innings, allowing five hits, no earned, and 10 strikeouts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Corbin Burns just doing Corbin Burns things and then leave it to the Brewers to blow it and somehow end up getting the win. How many times have we seen him have a good start and then they somehow end up having a crazy extra inning game like they did today? I feel like that happens like way more than it should for a pitcher that is as good as him. Well, that's what happens when you have like two offensive players on your team. Well, they have a dude who finished second and first in the MVP in back-to-back years, and he's invisible at the plate now. Yeah, that's okay. And Don't he actually, worry. actually, he's who I was counting as one of the offensive players. So, oh yeah, and don't 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 worry. His contract extension still hasn't kicked in, and it, it kicks in next year and goes through twenty twenty nine. So not, I think twenty twenty eight or twenty twenty nine. Uh, it's rough. All right, we got the Royals and the Rangers here. Whit Merrifield with an RBI triple in the third, and that opens up the scoring for KC. In the bottom of the fourth, Texas scores four runs. They get an Andy Abanya single, a Nate Lau triple, and then a Jonah Heim single, and it's four to one Texas. Top five, Carlos Santana doubles to pull it within two for the, for the Royals. But in the bottom of the sixth, Texas piles on five runs. They get a Nick Solak single, Jonah Heim double, Charlie Culberson double, and an Adelise Garcia sack fly. They go on to win this one nine to four. Texas gets the win. Dane Dunning, five innings, two earned runs, and four strikeouts. He gets the win tonight. The loss to Mike Miner, not a good start. Five innings, 11 hits, nine earned runs. And one might call that a major blow up by Mike Miner. Yeah. Also, uh, on John King on the Rangers threw three and two thirds innings in relief and then got taken out. <laughs> they didn't let him face the last batter. Like he came in, pitched into his fourth inning, and they didn't let him face the last batter. It's a shame. 
Oof. Only at 55 pitches, too. So, tough. Next up, we have the doubleheader between the Mets and the Phillies. I got to make sure I have the right game one here as they both ended with, like, the same score. Uh, the first game, game was the Mets winning. Yes. Um, spoiler alert there. Yeah. But, yeah, so we've got here in the top of the fifth, Aaron Nola, pitchers who rake with an RBI double to put Philly up on top. But then in the bottom of the seventh, the final inning of a doubleheader, Francisco Lindor drives in the t- game-tying run, and we will go to extras. It's there that Dom Smith drives in the Manfred runner to win the game for the Mets 2-1. to one. Give the win to Seth Lugo, his first win of the year in relief. Tejuan Walker went five innings, allowing three hits, one earned, and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Ranger Suarez. And Aaron Nola, of course, got the start five and a third, two hits, no earned, 12 strikeouts and an RBI here. And yeah, the Phillies dropped to 34 and 38 on the season going into game two. Uh, one thing about Aaron Nola, uh, it, during this game, he tied the MLB record, striking out 10 batters in a row at one point. Wow. I Tom Seaver uh, for the record. That's really impressive. Ten in a row is that's it's incredible. Oh, absolutely. You're not and see that. that start got wasted. Oh well. Well, again, just a reminder: you wouldn't be able to tell if you watched this game that extra innings games are supposed to go seven innings now, not eight, not nine. Um, but in the top of the sixth of the second game, Bryce Harper goes yard his 11th home run of the year as we still await his official acceptance of the home run derby this season. Bottom of the seventh, the last spot to go here, and James McCann hits a sack fly into center field. This scores the game-tying run, and once again, the Mets force extras. Top of the eighth, Aduble Herrera hits an RBI ground out, which scores the game-winning run as they close this out to split this series, give the win to Archie Bradley out of the bullpen. And then Reed Foley for the Mets gets the loss here as David Peterson started for them going six innings, allowing three hits, one earned and five strikeouts. The save goes to Hector Neris, his 11th. Um, we kind of have to keep on chugging through, but Brandon, remind me if I forget tomorrow, I've got a pretty good uh, take I want to discuss on the Mets. All right, uh, will do. Twins and Indians, Ahmed Rosario goes deep in the first inning, and then Bobby Bradley, sixth homer of the year, and it's a 3 nothing Indians lead. Bottom one, Josh Donaldson with a sack fly to make it 3-1. The Twins take the lead in the bottom of the third. They get a Luis Arias triple, a Josh Donaldson single, and an Alex Kirloff home run, and they're up 5-3 to three after three innings. Cleveland ties the game in the fourth and takes the lead in the fifth on an Eddie Rosario home run. It's 6-5 Indians. But in the bottom of the fifth, Nelson Cruz ties it back up at six with a single of his own. 
Bottom six, Luis Arias steps up for the Twins, rips an RBI double that scores two runs. Minnesota goes up eight to six. Top nine, the, uh, the Indians looking for one last rally. Josh Naylor hits his seventh homer of the year to bring the Indians within one, but the Twins are able to close it out and win this one eight to seven. Give the win to Griffin Jacks out of the he pitched four and a third in relief for Minnesota. The loss goes to Nick Whitgren and the save to Hansel Robles. All right, next is the Braves and the Reds. With the score one nothing in the top of the sixth, the Dansby Swanson unloads a solo piece, making this a two-nothing game. Later on, Tyler Stevenson is able to hit an RBI double, but then Guillermo Heredia hits his fourth home run of the season out to center field and puts Atlanta up plenty to win at a score of 3-1. to one. The final will be 3-2 Braves. Give the win to Drew Smiley. He went six innings, allowing six hits, one earned, and three strikeouts. The loss will go to Vladimir Gutierrez, who goes six innings, allowing three earned and four strikeouts. The save goes to Will Smith, his 16th of the year. All right, on to the Mariners and the White Sox. Seattle gets on the board in the top of the second on a two-run home run by Luis Torrens. In the bottom of the second, our three true outcomes hero, Yasmani Grandal, with his 12th homer of the year to put the White Sox on the board, uh, they'd still trail two to one. Jake Bowers with a single in the third, puts Seattle up 3-1. And then Jake, Jake Fraley goes deep in the sixth. Luis Torrens hits his second two-run home run of the game in the seventh. And Seattle takes a 7-1 to one lead. They go on to win this one 9-3. to three. And you can give the win to Yusei Kikuchi. Five and two thirds, one earned run, six Ks. Now five and three on the year. LJ, the season ERA down to 3.34 for Yusei Kikuchi, really having a nice bounce back year. Carlos Rodon uh, kind of got knocked around in this one. Very rare that we've seen that this year. Takes the loss, six and three on the year. Five innings, five hits, three earned, four walks, and eight strikeouts for him. Next, we've got the Pirates and the Cardinals before the big game of the day. And this really came largely up to a third inning by the Pirates, where particularly Key Brian Hayes, Jacob Stallings, and Philip Evans were incredibly influential in getting Pittsburgh to a 4-1 lead. As St. Louis tries to make a slow but steady comeback with Nolan Arenado home run, in the third and a Dylan Carlson home run in the fourth to tie the game up. Jacob Stallings then hits an RBI single in the top of the fifth to put Pittsburgh up and carry them away at a 5-4 Pirates win. Give the win to Will Crow. He went five innings, allowing four earned and two strikeouts. The loss will go to Jake Woodford, who went no innings, allowing one earned in relief. Of Kwan Gang Kim went four and a third, allowing four earned. The save goes to Richard Rodriguez, his 10th of the year. 
All right. Uh, you want me to take the Yanks Red Sox? No, I'll take the Red Yanks Red Sox. Oh, because yeah, I, I, I forgot how we're doing it. It's whoever wins the spoils. I know you must well, be jealous. It, it would already be spoiled uh, even if I didn't say that. So that's okay. Um, yeah. As to the victor goes, the spoils. Brandon will still unfortunately not have a Red Sox Yankees game to call this season as in the bottom of the first Xander Bogarts and Hunter Renfro get to starter Domingo Herman and make this a three, nothing game early in the top of the second Clint Frazier walks in a run. And then DJ LeMahieu hits an RBI single to tie the game up from there. It was all Boston Bottom of the third, Hunter Renfro hits a sack fly to put them ahead. And then Christian Vasquez adds to that lead as the Red Sox beat the Yankees at Fenway on Dustin Pedroia Day, a score of 5-3. to three. Give the win to Garrett Wicklock. He pitched two innings in relief here after the Yankees spit in his eye, said he was no good, and let him walk into that Rule 5 draft. Martin okay, Perez got fair. To be fair, what use do we have for a right-handed relief pitcher on our roster right now? A right-handed relief pitcher that's currently being stretched out into an eventual starter. <laughs> yeah, he probably could. We don't have. There's there's now. no room in the bullpen for another right. It's just it's just not happening. I'm so, well. I'm not saying you put him in the bullpen. I'm saying slap him on that forty man and use him when you guys like to uh, throw away your double headers with. That's a that's a great point, actually. That way, we players. Use, yeah, that's that way we can use him and Nestor Cortez in the same game. I love it. Well, like think about it though, because like it's not that big a deal. Like you could easily have just kept him a starter, had him start in AAA if you really wanted to that badly, have him start in AAA, and then bring him up if if you're liking what you see, bring him up when needed and just continue to see what you develop and get out of him. Again, I understand not protecting him with the injury issues and everything going into this season and not having pitched or been able to be healthy enough to like do any sort of taxi squad or practice stuff with the team over that past year. But still, I will not let you live this down. Um, a couple interesting marks to make in this first off props to Rafi for that play absolutely beautiful to watch I'm also I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the aesthetic of the you know the slight partially sidearm infielder throw that kind of like arcs up into the air but doesn't like feel like it's just arcing for the sake of like being too slow Oh, I love the sidearm infield throws. It's it's so it looks so smooth. It's just it's the angle the ball takes, not necessarily the, the way the guy throws it. It's more the angle the ball takes for me. So like throws to second do nothing for me. It's the throws to first that just look so pretty. Um, speaking of pretty throws though, Brandon, how about my boy, my boy Hunter Renfro with an absolute frozen Rope to Christian Vazquez, who absolutely murders uh, Gio Urshela at home plate, absolutely dead in his tracks. Can you explain what could possibly have gone through Phil Nevin's head there? Yeah, no. That might be the worst call of a 
uh, base coach I've seen this year. Yeah, uh, you know, to, and to be fair to him, he is, in my opinion, a very good base coach. Uh, usually doesn't make these kinds of calls like that uh, and just let Gio Urshela hung out to dry. Uh, you know, he actually came and took blame in the Yankees Zoom uh, press conference after the game, which I have a lot of respect for. A lot of people uh, within baseball think that he's going to become a manager uh, at some point. Uh, and I totally agree. He certainly has the personality for it. LJ, if you remember, he got thrown out of the game that me and you went yeah. to. He had an IV in his arm and he was still going out there arguing calls. So certainly very passionate about the game. Uh, but yeah, that was a rough call. Uh, for him to send in. As for my thoughts, he, on he is series, turning into the Adam Frazier of base coaches this year. Yeah, they're the equivalent. Not covering first base is the equivalent of that play as you let the American League outfield assist leader just light you up. As for my thoughts on this on the series or in this game, uh, I'm not going to give like a full length thing. Till <laughs> it's like the night. series is over. No, no, not until Sunday night. The only thing I'll say, though, is that this was the first time that I've seen Jacoby Ellsbury in six years, and he he just completely cursed the Yankees. Like, that is why we lost tonight. That is why Domingo Herman couldn't pick the ball up. That is why Phil Nevin sent him. He is just – everything to do with our organization and him needs to be wiped from, from, history, from the history books. Like, his career ended after after Boston. He just retired, and you know, it it, it was one of those careers like like a Don, Don Mattingly. Like you wish it was longer, but you appreciate. You're always left wondering what if. Yeah, what you're if always wondering what if. You know, he was never on the Yankees. Uh, I don't know who this man is. So, uh, yeah. I'll tell you. You know, not a big fan of this man. I'm a little very disappointed that they didn't choose to break tradition for Pedroia. I mean, why wasn't just... Big Poppy then? I'm not sure. And like, why was Rick Flair there? Woo! Yeah, well, what is him? What is Rick Flair there have to do anything with Dustin Pedroia? Is that like, were they close or something? Um, I'm not 100% sure. However, I feel like this is a good opportunity because I don't think I shared it during the offseason. Have you ever heard this, the uh, most infamous Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz story ever? Yeah, where he didn't know his name. He, yeah, all right. Never he mind. thought his name hear. was – yeah, he didn't – he's like, who, who the F is Dustin? Who the, why, why the fuck is he calling you that? And it's like you were batting in front of – behind him for years. It just – it blows me away, like – this guy, I mean, once his kids grow up, speaking of people who will be a coach, there are very few people that know hitting or at the time, especially when he was playing new hitting inside and out like him. Partially because of Dustin or David Ortiz, partially because of other players, he um, had to know both the scouting report for a lefty and a righty. Mm, yeah. And the other guys would not be bothered to worry about that until they were about 
five minutes away from having to go up and face the guy. But, you know, always going to be remembered fondly, and he needs to be added at minimum to that list of guys who are, like, kind of borderline. Like, if they were to stop doing this whole Hall of Fame, are the only, Hall of Famers are the only guys to be retired thing, these would be the guys that got on there. Like, there, there's honestly he, some he guys on there that... He has a case, Dustin Pedroia. It, it's just, it's... Oh, the case, yeah, the case is not clear-cut. I... I, like, I just, you could certainly see people voting for him, though, because I think that the him not having great power numbers is what hurts his overall career, like, stats. But, like, watching him play, he didn't need power. No. But, like, just that hurts, like, your, you know, your OPS and everything. But still a yeah. fantastic hitter. I mean. Honestly, I just want to see him last the whole ballot process. Oh, yeah. There's no way that he doesn't get 5% of the vote. I I think that would be for a 50 war player to get five less than 5% of the vote would be that that, you know, we really have to get some people out of the voting system if if that's the case. Yeah, it I just I I, want to see that. But, you know, I mean, I just think I've heard some pretty interesting points. You know, I think um if you're looking at impact on the Red Sox franchise and everything, there are a lot of guys that aren't Hall of Famers that have more of a claim to their number being retired than some of the guys that are up there. Cough, cough, Wade Boggs. Yeah, Wade Boggs is just... It's such an obscure number to put up there. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Great player. Like, no... No, but no one's worn the number. Oh, okay. They won't. They won't do it. But they will yeah. never. They will never retire his number. But he is. No one has worn it since he left. But I mean, by the same logic, why is Wade Boggs ever in that conversation? It, you know, it, I know eleven years in Boston. You know, LJ, I'm, I'm sure that's something that you should ask ask your dad about because he, you know, he was actually watching Wade Boggs through through those first however many years he was in Boston. So he could probably give you more of a take. No, I know. I, I get that. But I've also heard it from quite a few other, like, older Red Sox fans where they're like, you know, I'd rather not see a guy like Wade Boggs. And there was a couple of other guys that were like, questionable as to how long I mean some of them were kind of just like late late decisions of like iconic moments I mean I've I've heard a couple people also uh make I'm forgetting who it was was somebody never mind um anyway yeah a great day wish that happened but all around fantastic game fantastic start to this series you know I was saying to my dad earlier actually that this was the pinnacle game of this series because no offense. I don't really fear Jordan Montgomery. The name does not strike fear in my heart. I'm going to tell you, he's been really solid this year. He has been really solid. Don't get me wrong, but he is beatable. And yeah, you know, but I don't think Red Sox pitcher is beatable too. Like other than, I mean, best day. 
is a, a level above Jordan Montgomery, at, at least. Who's that, Erod? Evaldi? Evaldi. Evaldi on his best day is yeah, you know, he's definitely better. He's been like, a I, good pitcher this year, Evaldi has, definitely. Yeah, I mean, again, the ERA doesn't tell I – I still stand by the ERA. It does not tell the story of Nathan Evaldi's year. But it was like one of those things where, like, I, I'm taking Evaldi nine times out of ten over Jordan Montgomery. There's no way that Erod beats Cole on Sunday. Zero. Yeah, and, you know, we're the masters of losing the games that, that Garrett Cole starts in. He's going to have, like, a six or seven war year, and we're only going to win, like, 50% of his starts. It's, it's going to be some crazy stat that's going to come out. I already know it. So, yeah, so overall, like, if I had to pick it, I think it's going to be a 2-1 Sox win now. I think really my lo- outlook on it this series going in was – Whoever takes this first game, Herman Perez was the big toss up for me. And whoever picked this game up was going to have all of the momentum for the series as they just have to win the game they should win. Well, uh, all right. Should we do gold gloves today? We're oh, where are we at? I don't know how long we were talking for prior to the show, but I want to say we didn't start until our, we're already hitting an hour, Mm -hmm. I believe. I don't think we started. I think we started around 25. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Do we want to just uh, end it here then, or do leaderboards and end it? And then we'll just do the, the gold gloves at the top of, Oh, well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow at the top of Sunday show. Um, on the top of Tuesday show. What is Sunday? Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. All right, this is turning into a hot mess. Just let's just do leaderboards and. All right, leaderboards. Uh, let's just do. Uh, I'm not gonna pull up the war leaderboards because I already had some stuff pulled up on my phone. All right. Batting average: Michael Brantley at 355. Home runs. Vladdy Jr. and Tatis tied at 25, Otani at 24, Schwarber at 22. RBIs, Vladdy at 62, Rafi Devers at 60, Otani at 55. Just, just so crazy this for the year he's having. You know, uh, when we talked about MVP, or we really didn't throw his name in the conversation when he could very easily get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, OPS is Vladdy. Uh, anything else interesting here? Uh, triples. There's now a three-way tie between Ozzy Albies, Garrett Hampson, and David Peralta at five. Uh, caught stealing. Andrew Benintendi leads the league at six. And games played. I haven't done this one in a while. We're tied between J.P. Crawford and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa with 76 games played each. Tatis has the most errors at 16, Javi Baez at 13, Rafi Devers at 12. Do we know how many games the Rangers have played this year? Uh, I checked the other day because I are you thinking if they if he's played in every game? Yeah. So they yes, are yes. 28 and 48. 
that no, that's oh, 76. 76. Yeah. I want to see how many games he's caught because I know that he used to be a catcher. I just want to see because he plays everywhere. Uh, hasn't caught anything at all this year, just at shortstop. Wow. Impressive. Well, all right. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and play our trivia game at MLB Daily Pod. Check out our TikTok. We're posting daily content on there now as well. That's also at MLB Daily Pod. And follow us on Twitter at Brandon underscore Caraman at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. All right. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.